0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. I'm just going to pray for this man of God, inspirational man. Father, thank you. Thank you for the difference this man has made in my life and the life of this church there's nobody sitting here that's not been impacted by God through this man so I pray Lord you just give him the words of wisdom today to share I pray Lord that each and every syllable will just land in the heart of everybody listening and Lord that we will all leave here growing developing, understanding you more. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? I just sense a real sort of gentleness of the spirit here this morning. You know, God is gentle. And, you know, we're to produce or reveal the fruit of gentleness in our lives as well, as we copy Jesus, as we live for him, as we go about our daily lives. The Bible says that Jesus is full of grace and truth. Thank you for your grace, Lord. As we just come into the presence of the Lord this morning, thank you, Lord, that we have great need of you in these days to call on, to run to, to speak to. Thank you, Father God, for your word that it is life and brings life, it's sharp and active, it divides that which is of the soul and the spirit. Thank you Lord that your word is living, that it is going to remain forever. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Father we thank you for your word this morning. And as we study this subject, this new subject, I thank you, Father God, that you just bring revelation to my heart and to my mind. And as I share the word of life, I thank you, they're like seeds going into the heart, which is the soil producing a harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. If you love the Lord, you will say amen. Amen. It's a little boomy up here, Pete. If you can turn me down a little bit, that would be great. Starting a new series, the um, Authority of the Believer. Do you like that picture behind you? Um, a friend and I built an office in my back garden. Some call it a shed. Before it was built, we're going to build a shed. But it is a building. And uh, Esther saw, I saw a picture online of uh, a lion like that in different colors. So I got that as you walk in the door. That lion is sort of facing me. You know, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Do you know that? And Do you know what Judah means? Praise, doesn't it? Well, we're going to start this new series, The Authority of the Believer. I'm just going to start with something really simple this morning, look at our identity. You know, it's good to know who God is. We've learned about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and their attributes. We've looked at the Godhead and all those kinds of things. It's great to know who God is, but do we know who we are? Do we really know who we are as Christians, as believers in Jesus? And we have to understand who we are. Because if we don't, I don't believe we can live the overcoming life that I believe Jesus died and paid the price for our sin for. I really do believe that. And I know we're all in different places at different levels in our life and in our faith. Some are young Christians growing. And uh, you know when you become a Christian, did anyone say to you that now you become a Christian, all your troubles are going to go away? Did anyone say that to you? Because that's a lie, isn't it? Sometimes they just start, don't they? Sometimes the problems just keep coming. If we see ourselves anything less than how God sees us, I believe we can live a defeated life. You know, we're not defined by our culture, by the way others have labeled us. We're defined by the one who lives within us. Can you imagine that the God who created all things lives in you? There's no more physical temple anymore. You are the temple. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a mighty fine-looking temple. Turn to your second choice and say Turn to your second choice and say you look good too. Who's heard of identity theft? Yes, it's a big thing, isn't it? Has anyone had their identity stolen? No one at the world, praise God, that's a really good thing. We have an enemy that wants to mess with our identity. Do you know that? He wants to lie to us and he wants us to believe that we're not good enough. That we're not talented enough, that that we're not righteous, that we're not worthy enough. That we're never going to make it. We're never going to make it. We've messed up too much for God to love us or forgive us. We can, I believe, protect our identity as we grow in faith as Christians. As we walk this, this walk, this narrow walk. It's difficult, isn't it? Didn't Jesus say that? Broad is the way to destruction. But the road to life is challenging. It's really challenging. So, you know, the way I reinforce how God sees me is by making bold confessions of faith. I put the word of God into practice. I put it on my lips. I I speak it over my life every day and over your lives when I pray. Praying for real breakthrough for each one of you this year in 2024. Who could do with a breakthrough in 2024? Yeah, in every way, spiritually, physically, socially, emotionally, relationally, and financially. We could all do with that, can't we? If you'd like to turn with me to Psalm 139, we're going to read from verse 13. We'll start there. And what I'd like to do at some stage in the teaching this morning, I'm going to just make some bold confessions of faith. Would you... Declare them with me when we do that. Is that okay? I think it's really good to speak life over our lives. Because the Bible says, these words are spirit and they are life. Let's see how God created us. And let's believe what he says about us. And not what the enemy wants to say about us. Or the culture or where we grew up. The people that we lived with at the time. Who maybe shaped you as a young person. For you were formed... For you formed my inward parts. I love this. You covered me in my mother's womb. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. The Hebrew word for cover there means, look at that, to fence in. It means to cover over. It means to defend. Do you know God's our defender? It means to hedge in and it means to join together. You know we are one spirit with Christ. You know that? We are joined to Christ. Now we're one with him. Jesus is our protector, defender. He covers us. Doesn't Psalm 91 speak of things like that? That he covers us with his feathers. Hey, God protects us. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't it good to abide under his shadow? We're under his shadow, not under the shadow of the enemy or the world or what the world thinks of us. Verse 14, this is the psalmist. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. The word wonderfully in Hebrew means this, to be distinct, marked out, separated, set apart. You know we're to be separated? Set apart from the world, separated unto God. Amen? Sanctification. That's that word, sanctify, to sanctify. It means to make holy. Do you know that you're holy? Turn to the holy person next to you and see. I see the holiness of God in you. Turn to your third choice and say, (laughs) I see the holiness of God in you. You know, righteousness, the moment I keep, I, I can't bang on about this enough. The moment we are born again, the moment we're saved, we are fully righteous. We're not working towards righteousness. We're righteous because Jesus died on the cross for us. Amen. We have right standing with God. But holiness is another thing. We're growing in holiness. We are holy. We will be holy. We will be made holy. Sanctification is a process. We need to grow in holiness. Maybe we need to teach about holiness again. That would be good, wouldn't it? Thank you for that holy amen. So when we look at, the, look at creation in the light of all that God's made, how do we respond? When we see something amazing like a sunset, I don't know about you, now I'm a little older than 30. Who said, yeah, Steve's 30. I know he I'm a little older than 30. I appreciate even when it's raining, how many appreciate the rain? I know farmers don't when they want sunshine. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yeah, well, yes, and no. <laughs> yes and no, right. It's either one or the other. And when it's sunny, he says, "I need more rain. We always, we always want sunshine and rain." You need both, don't you? We do need both. But how do we respond when we're driving down the road and we see like a, a massive great moon you know sort of staring you in the face? You go, "Oh, wow, look at that. Do you say that? What about a beautiful sunset or a sunrise? What do we say when we look at that? Driving around with Esther, I say, God, look at that sunset. Look at that sunrise. Isn't that amazing? God created that, you know, for his glory, but for our pleasure. You know, he created you for his pleasure, Danny. You know, God is pleased with you. Do you know that? Isn't that amazing? Not for what you can do. But for who you are, you're a child of God. We sang that song, don't we? I am who you say I am. That's what we've got to believe, what God says about us. Not the way the world thinks about us and says about us. Those happy clappies down the road. I'd sooner be a happy clappy than a part of the chosen frozen. (laughs) Sorry, if that offends you, I'm really sorry. But I say, wow, look at that. What about when a little baby's born? Now I know Mark has a different picture of when a baby's born. They're all beautiful, aren't they? So what, what do we do when we see a beautiful baby? Oh, that's the first thing we say, isn't it? Hey. But if it's yours, I mean, the first time we had our first son, Nick, we lived in Brighton at the time, we ran a children's home before we were saved. Teenage kids. And they built this brand new hospital, and you know, Esther was, oh dear, oh dear. She was a little bit overdue, so we went out for a bus ride, and then we had a curry. We heard these things are good for the baby to come, you know, and then we went into the delivery. I I used to get pains in my stomach. I think I had sympathetic pregnancy. I did. I did. I told her. Too much curry. Don't worry about the guys in the cheap seats at the back. Just... Just take no notice of them. The first thing, we I mean, you hold this little thing and you go, wow, look at that. But then you think, oh, I'm responsible for this little, what, what do I do? Is that right, parents, with the first child? Yeah. Oh. Come on. Oh. Look at that face. Isn't that amazing? My son looked just, just like that, just like me. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Gorgeous, absolutely Gorgeous. We should respond with a wow. Is that right? You know, we are one of God's amazing creations. Do you know that? Let's look at the next verse. James 1.18, the new living. Stay in Psalm 139. We're going to go back there. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation... Became his prized possessions. Do you feel like that today? That you're one of God's prized possessions. You know, the, the message reads this. There is nothing deceitful in God. Nothing two-faced. Nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word. Showing us off as the crown of all his creations. It's great to see a sunrise and say, Wow, that is amazing. Great to see a newborn little baby and say, Wow, that baby's amazing. You know, Rob, you're one of God's true possessions, one of his, what did I call it? Prized possessions. Did you know that? When you wake up, God's saying, God's, Rob's awake. So are you, James? You're one of his prized possessions. Isn't that good to know? Do you feel like that? Do you feel like a prized possession? That's what God thinks about us. Kate, do you feel like you're one of God's prized possessions? That's what God says about us. As a prized possession, how do we see ourselves when we look in the mirror? And I don't mean arrogantly. You know, you get there and you go, oh, I just look perfect. But how do you... See yourself when you look in the mirror as a Christian. Do you see yourself as failing, as weak? And sometimes we are and we can be. We're not, all not perfect the moment we're saved and we never have any issues and problems. But a lot of people don't know who they are when they look in that mirror. Some people don't like what they see. They really don't. That's a good picture for us, isn't it? Hey? When we look in the mirror, do we see because God lives in you? Or are there are things about you that you just don't like? Or you see what others claim to see and say about you? Can we declare this together, if you wouldn't mind, if that's okay? Just say this after me I have been created, I have been created. By, God by God in his image and likeness. I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not a pussycat. Let's say that again. I'm not a pussycat. You're not a poodle either. I'm not a pussycat. I'm a lion. Come on, we're a lion in training, aren't we? Jesus, the greater one lives in us. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. We need to roar a little more and not Although that's cute. It is pretty cute, isn't it? So we've been created in God's image. Let's go back to Psalm 139. Let's have a look at verse 15. We've been created in God's image. You know, the, the devil just wants to mess with our identity. It's really important. We're not to go around bragging about who we are or how great we are or what great gifts we have. But just live a humble life in God. Amen? Amen. And if you can just go around loving people, you're doing God's will. Well, I don't know too much about the Bible pastor, so I don't know what to say to people. Just love them. Just love them, and they'll, they'll think there's something different about you, won't they? I've spoken with people recently, and they were with some family members. And the family members have known this person a long, long time. And they saw something in this person that he'd changed. Probably for the good. Isn't that amazing when people say, there's something about you. You've changed a lot. What is it? And then that's the, the time we can retort back, well, you know, I'm a, I love Jesus. And God's changed my life. That's why I'm different. You know, when the devil wants to mess with us, he's messing with the wrong people. If we catch a hold of what God wants us to, uh, the way God wants to live. Look at this. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, look at that, and skillfully wrought or formed. That word wrought means formed. Skillfully formed in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance yet being unformed. What an amazing picture. It wasn't until I got saved and when we had our second son that you know, that this whole thing about bringing a child into the world is just amazing, isn't it? It really is incredible. The Amplified says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret, and intricately and skillfully formed, look at that, as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. You know, the, the, the human body is amazing. I don't know much too much about the science behind it, or you know, all the bits about the eye and what that can do and everything else. Our brains are amazing. Just think about all the information that it can hold. It's incredible, isn't it? So when you see someone, you know, like when you come into church, wow, you look amazing today. Should we say that about people? I think it'd be good to say things like that. That word formed in the Bible means this in the, in the Greek. It means to embroider. It means to fabricate, be skillfully wrought or woven. You know, you are a tapestry. Our life is like a tapestry. And we're looking at the back of the tapestry. And it looks a mess, doesn't it? Sometimes our life can be like that. It can be a little bit of a mess, can't it? And we look at the tapestry and we say, we don't know what God's doing. But he's looking from the other side of the tapestry, at our life. How he's forming us and shaping us and developing us to be the people of God that, that he wants us to be. You know, we're being conformed to the image of Christ. The Bible says. that's amazing. Let's see another verse that, that sort of confirms this for us in Ephesians. I love Ephesians. We're going to go through Ephesians a little bit through this series. I think it's just going to see some amazing things about the church. You know, God loves his church. Is it perfect? The churches make mistakes. Church is the people, really, isn't it? Hey, church is not perfect. But God still loves the church and he's coming back for a glorious bride. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look glorious. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's, we are, look at that, we are God's own handiwork. Isn't that amazing? We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew. I know you want to know this, that word workmanship. In the Hebrew, in the Greek says this, poema. I'm not Greek, so if anyone's Greek here and they study Greek, I apologize for my pronunciation. It means to make Look at that. It means poem or poetry. That's what that word means. Design. Produced by an artisan. You are God's handiwork, Martin. Gee, when we think of things like that, Claudia, you are God's handiwork. He's doing an amazing work in you, isn't he? Has he got some, some way to go? He's got a long way to go with me. I'm really, I haven't made it yet, really. I keep saying, am I finished, Lord? Am I the finished product? No. Carry on, son. Just put your hands to the plow. Keep going. You know, there's only one of you, Dom. You know you're unique. You have unique DNA. No other fingerprint like yours, bro. You're unique. Isn't that amazing? We're all unique, aren't we? Isn't it incredible in the discovery of DNA, what they can find now about us humans? We're a bit weird, aren't we? But but we're okay. Tell your neighbor you're a bit weird, but you're okay. (laughs) Let's stop allowing the devil to mess with our identity. Again, we've got to be humble about that. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think of yourself. Amen? Amen. Can I have a few amens this morning? That would be great. Your life is a beautiful tapestry, Andrew. Amen. Amen. Whoa! Andrew's an ex-farmer. He's retired now. We're hoping he's going to refire. <laughs> Amen. You are a beautiful tapestry. Lawrence, that lovely beard. He says he needs the beard shaped. So anyone can shape a beard? Go and have a chat with Lawrence. <laughs> but you know, I also want to speak soberly about people who were told they were a mistake. You were not a mistake. And as I was praying this morning, I got the word abandoned. I know some people have felt they've been abandoned, maybe as a youngster, as a child, family didn't love you, heard of people that people say that to the kids, you were were never planned, we didn't want you, isn't that shocking that parents can say that to their children and maybe you have felt abandoned, but you know that's a lie, you're part of a new family. And if we believe for those people that have said those things about us, we need to forgive those people and move on. We really do. Let's not believe what others say about us. Let's declare this together. I am intricately and skillfully formed. A beautiful tapestry created by God. I am His workmanship. His handiwork. His masterpiece. masterpiece. You're a masterpiece, Sue. It's good to say things just about ourselves, isn't it? And about others as well. Let's encourage people when we get together to meet with them. Don't point out their faults. We know our faults. Do you know your faults? I know where my faults are. I've probably got many. I'm not going to share them, but I've probably got many. Overlook them. We need to overlook others' faults. And let's be positive when we get around people, when we meet with them in our life groups, when we meet for coffee. Say something nice about them. Say, you've been on my heart today. I just want to pray for you. It's good, isn't it? Let's see another verse. Look, I love these verses. Some of them you might know, some you might not. Therefore, if any person is grafted in Christ, anyone in Christ today, yeah. the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature. I can't, I can't let this one go. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a new creature. Altogether, the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. We've got to believe that, people, that you are a new creation. The old has gone. We can't do anything about the past, can we? But we can do things about our future. Let's confess this together. I am a new creation. In Christ, the old is gone. Old is gone. All, things All things are new. Say this: because of Jesus' work on the cross, on the cross my old sinful nature is gone. Nature. I, have nature. I have Christ's nature. You have His nature, His character, His love. Now amazing. Some of us need to see ourselves and stop seeing ourselves as sinful. You know, we sometimes sin, but we're we're a saint. Is that right? We're saints. Stop seeing yourself as unworthy because Christ has made you worthy by his death on the cross. Stop seeing yourself as a failure, but a success in God. Stop pointing out your own faults and telling yourself about your own faults. Go home after this message and write 10 things that you think God sees in you that are good. And meditate on things like that. Amen. We should meditate on things above. Is that right? You know, some might question why we, you know, do things like this. Confess the word of God over ourselves and over others. What does Proverbs eight eighteen twenty one say? It says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit of it." If we're speaking life over ourselves and our situations, our families, and everybody else, we're going to reap the harvest of life. You reap what you sow, is that right? Yeah. Come on, if you speak positive over yourself, over your situation, over your family situation, regardless of how things are going, whether they're good or bad, amen. Yeah. you're going to eat the fruit of that. Yeah. But if you speak death over people, over yourself and your situation, what are you going to reap? The fruit of death. Yeah. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In whose tongue? Mm-hmm. It's not in the, in the tongue of the devil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We've got to watch what we say over ourselves and our situation. Amen? The pastor's stranger, I don't know why getting me to say these things. And we need to stop having self-doubt as well. Unbelief over our lives. I'm not going to make it. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to get well. I'm too sinful. How can God love me? Do we say things like this about ourselves? Do we think them? I'll never be all that God wants me to be. Do we ever say those things over ourselves? You're cursing yourself. Did you know that? This is really true. It's really important about what we say, what comes out of our mouth. Especially when, we, you know, when we're around our children and so on. Oh, you're a little devil. Everything you do is wrong. You're just, a, you know, get out of my sight. I don't even want to speak to you. You're nothing. You know, the parents say that to them. I've seen it. Gee. And parents swearing in front of their kids in, the, in Tesco's. Or they speak with a mate and they're a bit angry and they start swearing in front of their children. What's that, what's that producing? You need to be careful what we say. Look at Numbers 13, 31 in the Old Testament. But the men, this is about the, the, the 12 spies. They're going to go into the promised land now. What did God say? Do you remember the promise that God gave them? I'm going to send you to a land that's flowing with what? Milk and honey. There were giants in the land, but that's okay. We all face giants in life, don't we? Right? And they sent out the spies. Two spies came back with a good report, and ten spies came back with a really bad report, didn't they? But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people. Did God know there were giants in the land? Do you think God thought, well, if they go into the land in faith, that we can get rid of those giants, that they can defeat those giants? Did God think that? Or, or should, would it have been better if, if God didn't put giants in the land and made everything great for them and smoothed out the path of life so they never had to battle or struggle again? It's like a bit like our lives, isn't it? You think, why didn't God make my life just so simple? Why am I having these struggles and these battles? We all have them and that's just like these guys going into the promised land and there's giants in the land. You think God can sort the giants out? Is he more powerful than they are? Two of you think two of you think he is. I think that's really a great percentage. <laughs> we are not able to go up against these people for they are How do they know they're stronger than them? Danny. Is that is that encouraging words to say that's the report. Let's bring the other two doesn't matter if you think at your enemy stronger, the one who's stronger lives in you. Is that right? Look at that. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone spies as a land and devours its inhabitants. How did they know that? And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. You ever been in a fight with a bigger bloke than you? Anybody? Oh, no one's had a fight. Okay. I come from a place where we had lots of fights when we were kids. My brother used to say, pick the biggest guy and smack him smack him first and all, the, all his friends will just run. I didn't try that, by the way, because <laughs> everyone was taller than me. Everybody. No, really. I think I was the shortest in the school. That's okay. But I'm big on the inside. Why is that? Is that an arrogant statement or is that a statement of faith saying, you know what? I'm big on the inside. Don't pick on me because I've got the the greater one living in me. Is that right? You're picking a fight with the wrong person. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's what they thought of themselves. And so we were in their sight. If you see yourself as a grasshopper, that's what you're going to be. Not to have grasshopper mentality. If you say you can't do something, you probably can't. So the ten spies and the two spies both saw the giants in the land, but the two spies, what did they say? We are well able to take the land. But the ten spies convinced everybody else, and two or three million people didn't go and enter the promised land. Isn't that incredible? Hey, the mouths of a few people stopped two or three million people moving forward. These guys just cursed themselves. You know, Jesus, you think that's silly. Jesus used a curse. He used words to curse a fig tree. Do you remember? In Mark 11, is it? Or somewhere around there? One of the Gospels. And it just died, didn't it? It withered and died. So let's say and believe what God says about us and reject the things that the enemy might say about us or the things that we say about ourselves. Coming into land, 1 John 4.4. 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Do you know that? The God in you is greater than the devil in this world. Let's declare this together. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Say this. No, I pray this every day. No weapon. What does no mean? Nothing. It means nothing. Is that right? No weapon formed against me will prosper. prosper. I think it carries on to say like something like... An, oh, I can't remember it now. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me will be seen to be in the wrong. I think the New Living says that. We don't have to defeat the giants because the greater one who lives in us will help us. How many of us struggle with fear and anxiety? It's a big thing in the, in the, in the world today, isn't it? Especially young, among young people with what's going on in our world. I'm just going to read a couple of verses now, and then I'm, we're going to close. This is one of my favorite verses. You will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. Where's our mind got to be focused? On God, not on the problem. And we all have problems and sometimes we we take our focus off God and start looking at the problem. But then we've got to stop looking at the problem and fix our eyes in God. You will keep him in constant peace. The one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything... Every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. That's what we need to do. We need to be specific about our prayer recourse, not just vague. And the what? What will happen when we do that? If we pray and give thanks, what will happen? The peace of God that surpasses understanding will do what? God. I think that word God in the Greek is is like a garrison will guard your heart and and your mind. Do we need our, our hearts guarded and our minds guarded every single day? Minds in Christ Jesus. Do that. That peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's declare this together before we close. When I pray and give thanks, God hears me and gives me peace of mind. When I pray and give thanks, God hears me and frees me from worry, fear and anxiety. When I pray and give thanks, God reassures my heart that He is with me in every troubled situation. When I pray and give thanks, God stands God over my heart and mind, keeping me safe. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just want to say, friend, God loves you just as you are. With all of your faults, all of your fears, all of your anxieties. And you know, declaring the word over our lives every day you know, it, it does take time. It is a bit of a process to get to a place where you know fully your authority in God. We have authority. Where does that? This subject is about the authority of the believer. Do we believe that we have authority? Where does that authority come from? Comes from. We need to define define what authority means. In Acts one eight, it says that God has given us power to be witnesses in the earth. But we need authority as well. We need them both to go together. So that we can stand in our authority in Christ. So I believe, friend, that you're not here by accident. Maybe you're a visitor here. Maybe you've been coming to church for a little while. And your relationship with God isn't maybe where it could be. Or maybe you've never surrendered your life to God and you're here this morning and you're hearing this message. I don't believe you're here by accident, friend. And I believe God has been knocking on the door of your heart. And the handle to that door is on the inside. We've got to open it up and, and let God come in. If you're here today and I'm speaking to you and God, you feel God is knocking on the door of your heart, why don't you let him in, friend, and let him become your Lord and your Saviour? It won't make life perfect, but at least you can go through life with God in your life. God washing over you, protecting you and keeping you. Maybe you're here today and you've tried church. Church has been really bad for you. You've maybe had a bad experience or you've just grown cold in the things of God, but you're here today. And God's knocking on the door of your heart also. And he's saying, son, daughter, I love you and I want you back. Do you want to come back? God's not mad at you. He's not offended with you. He loves you. He died for you. Would you give him another chance in your life? Because he'd give you another chance. And God is waiting to embrace you again. Just restore you back to the fold. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you'd like to, and you're here today well, no one's looking around, just put your hand up and say, that's me. And speaking to me today, I'm tired of being in the driving seat, of my life, I want to put God in the driving seat of my life. Is that you today? Just put your hand up. And more importantly, I can see it, but God can see it. Yeah, that's great. That's really brave. And what about if you're here this morning and you, your heart has grown cold towards the things of God, but you're here today and you want to give maybe God another chance. God will give you another, a million chances more. And you say, I want to come back to God. That's, if that's you, just put your hand up and I'll pray for you this morning. Anybody? Okay. Let's just um, close in prayer. If anyone needs prayer, there'll be a prayer team afterwards. They've got the lanyards on. And if there's anything that i spoken about this morning that touched your heart or you, know, you want prayer for anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Don't leave here without someone praying for you and standing with you. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your living word. Thank you for your shaping our lives to be conformed to the image of Christ. Thank you, Lord, Lord, as we learn about our identity. Our identity is in you. You declare who we are and not the world around us, not the culture around us. And we're not defined by any of those things, but we're defined by you. You love us. You've created us for a plan and a purpose. You have a plan and a purpose for us, Lord. And I pray as we go from this place today that your angels will encamp around about us and keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Please stay for prayer if you need prayer. Um, we have tea and coffee afterwards and hopefully some cake. So um, please enjoy some fellowship for those of you who are here for the first time. It'd be nice to catch up and uh, say hi and uh, have a chat and see how you're doing. God bless you as you go.